Welcome to Sunday Morning Quarterback with Jay Stockwell and Bob Frady. Your sun is bright in the back. It is bright. It's You know what it is, Jay Stockwell? It's the glow of a 4-3 <laughs> and three record in late October. <laughs> I've tried everything that I can to correct the situation, but the heavens above are like, Nebraska has a winning record on October 22nd. Yeah. <laughs> well, having just returned from the Big Red with yes. a, new, a new piece of camouflage cover here. Did, did you buy that from the wrestling team? Because that looks like one of those shirts you wear to sweat off your weight and make weight. <laughs> I, I walked like 30,000 steps this weekend, so I probably sweated off a little weight anyway. So what we did, George and I flew down there and got George there. George like, is your son. My son, yeah, George. Yeah. He was off school, so it was his idea. It was kind of last minute. And the concept was, let's go to football game, and then let's go to the volleyball game. And I'm like, whoa. So I started the work in the connections on the volleyball. Turns out volleyball is a way harder ticket than football in Lincoln, Nebraska. Right? It was apparently $1,000 a ticket for courtside tickets on the exactly. secondary market. Exactly. And I, you know, I'm new to volleyball, so I, I'm not you know, passionate I, I just... about it. I'm, you know, I'm not sure why you didn't spend the money. Standing room only tickets were mm-hmm. 250, which is like nosebleed. You're standing, okay? Yeah, no. So, so I'm like George. We're gonna go down to a nice restaurant. So we scoped out a nice restaurant with a good bar setup, so we could watch the game. So that was really cool. The Marriott in downtown Lincoln has an excellent setup for watching volleyball. There's a bar. They always show volleyball, and then you can get drinks. And not have to drive anywhere, which is always lovely. We went to this Italian restaurant called Napoli on Q Street, and it was it was great. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. That's that's late in the evening. Okay, we gotta so talk let's about, let's rewind. Talk. You were at the game, and and I got to tell you, for both days on Friday, we played golf with Pat and Vern. Okay? Oh, nice. So two nice. two famous famous guys from Cedar County and Knox County, Hardington and Crofton. Yeah. Being famous in Hardington is like being. Three hundred and seventy-five thousandth on the list in Omaha. By the way, Bob Fred, I got a I got a text from Chris Miller of Don Miller Land Company that's named after his dad, <laughs> and he apparently heard you complaining about the price of the six hundred thousand dollar house. And so, what's he do? He goes full salesman mode. He's like, "No, Jay, we've got a six hundred thousand dollar house, and right across the street, we've got a seven fifty. We'll sell them both to you and Bob, and you're welcome down here at any time." You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah, people, people like to think that farmers are dumb, and like, no, no, farmers have been dealing so, with varmints far too long, and you're just another varmint, and they can handle you. So I said, I said, talk to me in six months. You know, we're, we're, things are, you know, things are looking up for my company. So talk to me in six months, and and and, and then he goes, well, just buy it this year and close next year. You know, so he's like really pressing the sale. You know, and I'm like, yeah. I admire, I admire. He, the- he's got he's got a fish on the line. He's trying to reel that yes. in. And I, and, and I wrote back, I like being married this time. <laughs> yeah, there's so, there are certain points where it's like, I'm just going to leave right now. Yeah. I, unlike you, I was in Las Vegas yesterday. And oh, boy. I, I well, yeah, what, was, what was going on? I, fi- I had an event I had to go to. And I, the event finished around 9 o'clock, and it was a Saturday night in Vegas at the Cosmopolitan Hotel, and it was just crazy town. And I'm like, I'm going to leave here right now. I sat in the lobby for like 20 minutes. I'm like, let's just go to the airport with the with the rest of the people who are really unhappy about leaving Vegas at 12.45 in the morning. So I got did out. You sleep, did you sleep okay on the plane? I got a couple hours, but it's not a very what long time? flight. What what time did you, did you uh, land? 
about five fifteen this morning. So, oh boy, oh boy, yeah, yeah. It's been. But it's do, been... Do, do, I, what I like doing at the Cosmo, and that's where we always do our CES event. We're going again this year. Um, is the sports book? I like to. Did you bet on any games or anything? Uh, yes. As a matter of fact, I did. Nebraska. I you've got a hundred dollars of bright lights coming the way of Las Vegas because I took the under, which I was very confident in. And I took the points, which I wasn't very confident in. I'm like, I I should have taken Northwestern in the points. And I thought about doing it. I'm like, I can't be disloyal. I run the fifth most popular podcast for Nebraska football. I can't be betting (laughs) against Nebraska. (laughs) Yeah. And then, and then they, they kicked that field goal and and Nebraska did nothing else. And I was like, concern it, but it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. I started talking about the weather. The weather was perfection. 75 sunny, no wind on Sunday. We played field club in Omaha. George shot a 35 on the back nine. Okay. Wow. And 11 putts. This kid's 15 years old. Okay. Wow. 11 putts. So he lifted uh, $200 off his dad. And uh, (laughs) Did you keep pressing him? Yeah, I did. I did. And I I wasn't getting any better. And and uh, and so he he's walking around in a new pair of uh, Adidas uh, Cornhusker uh, shoes, uh, which were two hundred and nine dollars. Was so, it two hundred dollars of store credit or was it actual two hundred dollars in cash? It was actual two hundred dollars in cash. So uh, oh, nice. Well, good for him. So and then and then Wampus took seventy five off me. So I I was handed out money like candy. I missed the tour. I, I did. I, I did not play it. well. I. I drove the ball well, but I just uh, my short game was terrible, and they had just punched the greens, and so they were they were kind of nasty. But the weather was sick. I mean, it was just it felt so good to be outside in October, you know, October twentieth, seventy five degrees in Omaha, and then we go down we go down the Lincoln. We had dinner with Demo uh, at the Lincoln Country Club. Uh, Des Moines Adams, who is the CEO of Teammates, our favorite charity um, that supports uh, Big Red. On Friday, we got our Tom Osborne interview posted, so that was good. Yep. Um, I thought that turned out really well. Anyway, um, then we get into game day, and um, so we, you know, George is like on me. He's like, "Hey, I got my, I got my store credit. I got to go, you know, spend my two hundred dollars." So, <laughs> so we go over to the, the Pinnacle Bank Arena uh, fan shop, which is, I think, the, one of the better ones in town. I don't know them all, but um, we, we've we've shopped at that one so many times. Yeah. I think that they should put a wing up there yeah. for us. So we got some we got some gear. We went to the tailgate on at Embassy Suites. That a good band, a really good band, and we probably stayed there for a half an hour. And then we walked down to Mike Wortman's spot. Nice. And uh, and George got to meet Tommy Frazier. Yeah, you said a picture. Did you get him on the yeah. podcast as a guest? No, I I didn't. I chose not to kind of uh, not to kind of go go at him at that moment on that he didn't respond to my initial request but wow. maybe they'll see this maybe you're uh, just but, but he, he, he was maybe you were just butthurt like you didn't respond the first time i'm not gonna <laughs> second time. he was super he was super funny and very kind and uh, allowed george to sit down and take a photo with him that's and nice. that was a big that was a big thrill for george because i mean touchdown tommy fraser was a legendary figure in the oh uh, yeah husker game then we go to the Champions Club. You gotta hear about the experience, man. Come on. Okay, all so right. We go, fine. We, go, we, go, we go to the Champions Club. That was, that was really Champions nice. Club. <laughs> <laughs> typical typical <laughs> champ, Champions Club. But then we did something we've never done before. All last several times we've been down there, it's all been on the west side of the stadium. We went to the East Side Club, which I think it seems like is a little newer and a little more comfortable than where we were on the Georgia Southern side last year. Mm-hmm. Um 
And, uh, and that was just absolutely beautiful. I'll show you one more little photo from that. And, and very, very comfortable. We, we sat next to some folks from Battle Creek, population 1,000. Um, and they were- Battle they were Creek, super... Nebraska or Michigan? No, Battle Creek, Nebraska. Okay. Uh, and they were, they were super cool. Did you give and, them the URL uh, for the podcast? Oh, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, and, and uh, the, that was the that was where we were sitting. Nice. And uh, so inside, it, see, inside or outside? Yeah, it was it was outside, but you walk inside, and there was a nice bathroom and concession stand there and stuff like that, and it wasn't too crowded. And in a um, place with reasonable knee yeah. room, very nice. Yeah, it was cool. It was cool. But then, so then, so then we get to the game, and you know, first first thing right out of the gates. Heinrich Carver goes back to pass and throws the interception. And there, first this play, first the, the, the play. Collective, the collective groan from the crowd was just like, "Oh my God, why are we doing that? Can't we just run the ball?" You know, you know I uh, think it's a good thing that Nebraska fans are nice and don't carry pitchforks and knives. Well, at least not <laughs> on them. They might be in the truck out in the parking lot, but they're not yeah. on them because yeah. Satter, Satterfield. I was like. What did you just do? And the thing about the pick is that Fedoni was wide open. If he'd have hit him in stride, he'd have run for 30 or 40 more yards. He was wide open. He just threw behind it. So, yeah, Fedoni, Fedoni had, you know, uh, kind of not his best day. He dropped a pass, and it was, yeah. was I think, Listen, it, from the second half. They weren't, the, the, those were balls that weren't exactly on him. They were not pinpoint throws. This is the story of the team. So what happens next is... Like the defense, man. The defense comes out and is stout. Yeah, right. Defense and, is and great. I read, I, I read a stat this afternoon on the flight home that um, Tony White has improved Nebraska's efficiency on defense by guess what? What's the percentage, Bob? Oh, Take I was. Well, it can't be greater than a hundred, so I'm going to say it's right. seventy-eight percent. Jesus, you are good at these little guesses. It's seventy-seven percent. <laughs> you know. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah, yeah. So 77%. And what's here's the thing that's two things emerged for me. Number one, what's different this year is like when you make a mistake, there's not this like impending doom of panic that sets in. You know, Mm -hmm. I think Rule has changed the mindset here. Rule even said in the post game that that he would, you know, this is a game we probably would have lost earlier in the year. Yep. But he's got the guys in a good, good headspace now and the defense was freaking impressive holding them again to like 81 yards rushing um their fourth ranked in the country on against the rush 20th overall um and the, the defense just stepped up big time well constantly. vince, vince ferragamo said it in our first episode with him is that they can cover and when yeah. you can cover you can get a lot of coverage sacks and yep. and they did, I thought, a remarkable job defensively. Yeah, I, yeah. But I, it was funny. I didn't watch the game live yesterday because I was tied up during the during the actual game. So I watched it this morning after flying in all night from Las Vegas. Right. And I'm, wa- and I'm watching the game. I see that first pick, and I'm like, oh boy. And then I see the second pick. I'm like, this is Simsian. And then yeah. and then he drops one on the on the on the on the snap. And it's like, this is just a coach who doesn't necessarily know what his strengths are. And I get the yeah. fact that you want to throw the ball. And, and, but my, my biggest thought was, what was the collective panic like inside the stadium? 
because it must have been it was three three after the first quarter it must have been enormous right the way the defense was performing no one was in a panic mode and and, and rule talked about that no one was like freaked out and panicked at all oh i don't right? mean the players i mean this i need i mean the fans yeah the fans, no no, no but, fans. but even uh, what i'm what i'm reporting to you is that even with as good as the defense was playing there was less of an oh my god this is over kind of thing we're gonna lose yeah. this game it was yeah. because the defense was playing so good you hit on a key stat, and I just pulled up the Husker Max stats here. Eight sacks for 51 yards. Eight. The polar bear is great. You know, he's, he's probably, and Luke Reimer came back, and, and you know, a lot of good things happened. But Tony's defense, he was great at Syracuse last year. Yeah. And, and so it, it's, a, it's a great and confusing defense for teams that have tr- trouble struggling with an offensive identity. Michigan didn't have so much of a problem with it, probably because they knew their signs. But uh, yeah, yeah. Another factor. Uh, well, let's back to defense for seconds. Um, um, Rule talked about this in the post game too. That they came up with some very unique st- schemes for these guys. They put some five down packages. Five got five uh, linemen. Yep. Moved some people up. Put some pressure on the quarterback, which led to the eight sacks. Another thing we did r- really well in terms of uh, penalties. We only had. Um, Three penalties for thirty yards versus yep. eight for seventy-five. So our penalties were improved. The quarterback for Northwestern reminded me a little bit of Fred Flintstone because uh, you ever <laughs> see like when he, when he starts his car, his little feet move like this, and then yeah. it takes a little while, and then the car takes off. It's kind of like that when he was running. It's like yeah, running is not he's running and going nowhere. It was a a great defensive. I saw some social media, and it was a split screen between what Tony White was saying to the team and what Marcus Satterfield was saying to the team. And Tony White was talking about being at maximum impact when you make the hit. Uh-huh. Like It was like some really precise language. And when you juxtapose that and contrasted that with what Satterfield was saying to the team, it was just not as precise and as relevant, I thought. And so I'm trying to figure out well, how can one guy with the same talent, offense and defense, how can one side of the ball be playing so well and the other side of the ball not be playing so well? Now, it obviously comes down to the quarterback at at some level. I do think there's an emerging big difference between the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator, and that kind of stood out. I think it's maybe like like the football equivalent of a corn fungus. Like all the all the states that grow a lot of corn, like have the same offensive fungus. Like Iowa's got a terrible offense, Indiana's got a terrible offense, Nebraska's got a terrible offense. Who are the other who who are the other states? Um, Minnesota's got a terrible offense. It's like so it's it's like it's a fungus that's going around the Big Ten West, and, and maybe yeah. if we put a little neat soil on it or something, we can get rid of it. I don't know. But well, what a, what a what a great year to have a great defense then, right? Yeah, yeah. What a what a great year for your offense not to matter that much. So it's it's uh, listen. I don't know what goes on in these rooms. I could, I, I, I could, you can only guess. And people who try to pretend that like this is shut up. It's like it's like listen. Yeah, the offense is not as good as the defense. And there were like there were years in the last couple of years where the the defense was not as good as the offense. It just happens. It just happens. So where we have to go next is we got to talk about Malachi Coleman. So they got the ball, they got the wind back in the fourth quarter, and that was another thing about being there. You could real the wind was a factor, right? Yeah, and it was and that, it was that was that's why it shocked it shocked me that they threw on the first play. It's like they're going into the wind. What are you doing? And, right, and it's like all right, 
you know, and, and it's funny, you know, Tom, Dr. Osborne, coach, told us in our last podcast, well, when you're in Nebraska, you're going to have to deal with that wind a little bit. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> so they got the wind in the fourth quarter, and they ran a play called the belly option. And as it as they came up to the line, I said to George, I, I bet they're going to air it out here because they were in an I formation. They had the wind. They were at midfield. And... And they, just gotten the ball, and they had just gotten the ball yeah. too. And and Malachi Coleman, that kid can run 10-3, right? The guy was four or five yards away from him. And you got to give Heinrich credit. That ball was on the money. It was right on him. Yep. It was and just the, such a such a great call. My favorite thing about that catch is that he caught it with his hands. So yeah. caught it out here rather than, you know, it comes into your body, can bounce off your pads. And right. I was super pumped for him. And for the team to score, he's he's huge. He's six four, and he's that fast. It's like, good golly, that's an asset that this guy has NFL written all over him. I just yeah. hope we can, you know, keep him there, get his degree, and keep him playing, and dump a bunch of NIL money on him, and and keep going because that was impressive. Now let's talk about Michigan for a second. So, do you have have you read the stories? So apparently, yep. Harbaugh has this guy who's a former Marine that he sent around the league to try to observe practice. Yeah. <laughs> I try, try to observe practice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, so what, what do you, what are you making of it? Is this a real story or is this, is this? Oh, of course it's a real story. It's like yeah. people try to steal signs all the time. It's as old as the game. And the NCAA passed a, a rule that said you can't do it in person. And Michigan decided to ignore that rule. And usually when you ignore, willfully ignore NCAA rules, there comes a cost. And the cost will be that I think within a year, if not more, if not less, Harbaugh's back in the NFL. Wow. You think it's that serious? Like this is going to be like a, a penalty kind of situation? I don't think it's a big thing, but given the other stuff that's happened in Michigan and their, and their sort of, uh, what, what do they call it, lack of institutional control, and again, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I just know what I read. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it yeah, just yeah. seems like there's a lot of little events that maybe add up to something big, and the NCAA frowns on that. And so, if I'm if I'm Harbaugh, especially if they win the Natty this year, then go back to the pros and make more money. So, I, 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 I and not have to deal with all this nonsense. So my observation coming out of there, I think we're witnessing a transition here. I think that game would have been lost a earlier in the year and be certainly under Scott Frost. And Matt is, you know, he's got him focused on let's go one and zero this week. Let's get one percent better every day. And and he's got him not worrying about the next play or the scoreboard or anything. Let's just go out and win the down. You know, so I ha- I have a theory about that. Yeah, the games are so freaking long because of all yeah. the TV, because of because of genuflecting at the altar of television money. Yeah, that yeah. defenses don't get tired the way they used to. It's like, yeah. all right, here's a break for two and a half minutes, you know, get your energy back. The one thing I hate the most about being there in person is that. Yeah. There's so much standing around and waiting. It's awful. And, they are ruining yeah. the product. And listen, I yeah. love college football, but what it's becoming is the seed of its own destruction. And yeah. and I'm, I don't want to sound like a nattering nabob of negativity, but I'm really shocked that these guys, I mean, I guess you want to chase as much money. Universities are in the business of making money and they use education as the tool for making money. 
we can learn a lot from what baseball did this year for, at, at Major League Baseball. Speed up the game. Um, the the only it, way there's... the only way to speed up the game, Jay, is to eliminate the commercials. Every time there's a break, it's two oh, and a half minutes. I don't think you have to eliminate them, but make make them shorter breaks. You know, to yeah, jack they... up the prices and make them make them for 30, 30 seconds. You know, but these but these networks have paid a lot of money for this for this yeah for this product, and they need to make their money. Listen, whenever somebody buys you, there's a price to pay. Yeah, and, yeah. and you know, college football's been bought, and there's a price to pay, and the price is a game that used to take three hours now takes four, and and. Although I, I, I do have to agree with Colin Coward on, you know, conference realignment and nil are going to do two. I mean, look, people are going to stay around longer. Caleb Williams is talking about staying, out, staying around because he can make more as a, as a college senior than he can as a pro with nil. And it allows, you know, people like Deion Sanders to come in and turn around programs faster. And ratings are at an all-time high. So it's, it's, not, it's not that college sports are dead. It's just that we got to be really clear and honest about you know who the man is and the man is the the television contracts you know and or the or the woman you know the man or the woman it, but the, the point is the it's not dead it, it it but it has swallowed a poison that could kill it if they don't take steps to remediate that poison and the poison is the excessive like i mean i think it changed seasons during the game there in nebraska yeah. i watched that i watched <laughs> it it was like beautiful and sunny and i see then at the end it's dark i think there was you know I don't know what happened, but it it, it was like you went from you went from a, a nice fall to winter in the space of a game. So it's it's way too long. It makes it a miserable viewing experience live at home. Who cares? You're in your rocker. You know you doing whatever. But uh, and I just did say rocker uh, because let's move off football and just congratulate Matt Rule and the team. They're four and three now. They've got Purdue at home and then Michigan State. Within two weeks, we could literally be bowl uh, eligible. Did 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 uh, did, uh, did, uh, did, uh, did uh, uh, one uh, week at a time? Uh, one week at a time. Yep. Yep. Matt Matt Rule would probably tell you to wash your mouth out with with yep. soap for for thinking so far ahead. But listen, every game on the rest of their calendar is winnable. Every game is losable, but every game yeah. is possible. So, yeah, and I do exactly. think that we will at some point see a return of Jeff Sims because um, he can throw the ball a little bit more. And it won't come, it'll come, if they lose another game, then we'll see Sims. Or if uh, Heyrich gets injured. In my opinion, I don't know. Uh, because he's got a better arm. And yeah. He, well, he also he also turns the ball over more than Heinrich does. So Two turnovers today plus an almost turnover. So it was. Yeah. But it, the second the second one was on Jonathan or Fedoni. Uh, he, he, you he, know what? And that was, that, that ball was not on point. That, yeah, it could. Would have been a good catch, sure. Should he have caught it? Probably. But was it a good he throw? Does, he does. Tend nope. to, he does tend to throw short passes a little hard he, without touch. He also yeah. brings his arm down. Yeah, and, and kind of slings it like a baseball player, and it's like yeah. Ah, uh, anyway, they used to listen. They Fair. won. I'm happy. I was happy, even though I lost. Even though I lost my bet, I was happy. Let's shift to something a little more beautiful and innocent, and that's volleyball. Uh, than than the than the you know paid out college football, volleyball was incredibly impressive. I we looked at tickets as we said up front; they were super expensive, so we just staked out a restaurant, went there, watched the game. It's a good thing UB wasn't in town because George and I would be on the floor, and you'd be out having dinner somewhere. <laughs> the 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 uh, the uh, I'll tell you what the 
restaurant, the entire restaurant was hanging on every shot. And oh, there yeah. was probably, I don't know, 300 people in there and a place called Napoli on Q Street. And, and we, we had secured sort of bar seats. There was two big TVs right up there. So it was a great place to watch the game, talking to people. It was it was really fun. And the 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 athletic demonstration by these women that that I mean as high as they're jumping and they're just pounding the balls like straight down. The six foot eight woman from Wisconsin, six foot eight. I was thinking you know, about that a little bit yesterday, Jay. You know, if you're a guy and you're six eight, there's a lot of other guys who are six eight. Like if you're a six yeah. two or higher you are taller than 94% of the population. And if you are 6'8 or higher, you're, you're taller than like 95.5%. But there's still a good chunk. But if you're a woman and you're 6'8, gosh, there aren't a lot of people around who are your height. And she, but was, she was athletic as heck too. She could move really well. She could oh, jump. She, regardless she of athleticism, just sort of yeah. pure height. There just aren't a lot yeah. of people. And I, and I wonder... Yes. How like I, I I'm a big reader of uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and he talks about how he was so out of place physically because he was so much taller than other people. And I just wonder, yeah, you no, know, it, it absent the the sort of the thrill of the volleyball, how do you deal with that? That's that's like that that's going to be challenging. But it was a great match, and of course, good one over evil. So yeah. So we watched the first two games at the restaurant, and then we transitioned back to the hotel, which is just a couple blocks away. George, George, and I were, we basically ran back over there, and so that we wouldn't miss anything. Got in the room and watched, and we were just jumping with joy at the end. It was really cool. So we like it was like you know ten hours of Husker stuff. Husker and, mania. Uh, yeah. Was, was yeah, there yeah. like a Husker e gaming convention or something after that you watched at midnight, or did? Or you all maxed out on your Huskers after a football ball? No, we were we, we were pretty tired at the end uh, by the time the game was over. So we slept we slept probably eight or nine hours, and then we got up this morning. And we went out and had uh, breakfast with Aunt Jane and Julie Bernie, my first cousin. Nice. Uh, and uh, Ross's kids. Ross Ross had recently had a surgery, so he was not there. So, uh, but that was a really nice visit as well. And then I, we, also, uh, we'll... I also have to give you a congratulations. Yeah. Because what? you have finally attended a game where Nebraska actually won. I know. You we were, were on the, about... you were on the Schneid for a long time. I think the last one that we went to, I know the last one we went to together was the Holiday Bowl when they beat Arizona. Yeah. Um, and we almost got kicked out because of your Bova Starling chance, which was pretty funny. As you know, we went to Europe last year to watch them in the in the uh, uh, in the Dublin Bowl. You know, with against the very same team, Northwestern, and it, that was a very disappointing game. Where again, we were up by eleven in the third quarter, yep. and Mr. Frost goes for a onside kick and just completely changes the complexion of the game. I love the fact up, this is a, a better fourth quarter team, with the with the notable exception of the great? Minnesota game. The, the fourth quarter of Minnesota was a mess for a whole bunch of other reasons, none of which had yeah. to do with football, and more about the Minnesota yeah. crowd. So let's not talk about them. Yeah, I'm seeing definite like this. This team has character. Did you see the the feeds on TikTok and Reels about uh, Rule doing the body surfing in the in the locker room? I did you not. Just just go just go to the, go to those. And I don't have the tick. I don't have the tickety rock. I don't do that thing. It's like tickety talk. What's the clock? I don't know. It's like a, short form yeah. video, Bob. We do short form video. As I, a, I as a you podcast. do it and po- and uh, my face is on there, but I don't. I, if you ask me to sign into TikTok, I'd be like. <laughs> Am I going to a watch shop or what's going on? So, so I think that we say congratulations to Nebraska. 
Congratulations to the fans. It was a very tense victory. This was not a this was not a laugher. This was there was no easy breathing in this thing for the entire game until there were about thirty seconds left. It, and I I felt the tension through the television screen, and and despite all the tomfoolery in the first quarter, you know the the team rallied well and performed and, and got the win. And by the way, by the way, I didn't know this, but Matt Rule said it that he and John Cook are getting very close as coaches. Uh-huh. And I think that's a wonderful rule because John Cook is a phenomenal coach. 24 years in Nebraska. Started in California. Started in California. People who start in California and then choose to become part of the Nebraska network are some of the best people on the entire planet. <laughs> Including none other than Bob Fraley. Just Bob Fraley, Nebraska donor. <laughs> Not just the most handsome man on this podcast, but... <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up, and we gotta, we, you know, we're gonna have to make a visit to Hardington to look at the two houses that Don Miller Land Company wants to sell us. You know, so yeah, I'm gonna buy the town of Hardington for the price he wants to charge for those two houses. Okay, <laughs> we have to. Yeah, listen, they've gone four and one in their last five games, all of which coincided with ending our podcast with Go Big Red. Come on. Come on.